Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Double Twist, TuneIn Radio, all those wonderful applications and probably even more out there because you never know. Uh, if you're going to listen to the show, please stream it, or excuse me, please download it. Don't stream it. would be greatly appreciated if you download it. It makes things look better, so to speak, because streaming is untrackable. Downloading is. Simple things like that. To the point, though, today, once again, the Minnesota Vikings showed up in Indianapolis. Lucas Oil Field. Yeah, I'm just delaying the inevitable, aren't I? And, uh, well, they didn't really show up at all. They end up losing 28-11 to and dropped to 0-2. In the two games, the Minnesota Vikings, you can sum up in two words. Unprepared and unacceptable. And that's basically all you can say about it. Kirk Cousins does not look like... Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins does not look like he even belongs uh, anywhere near a $30 million contract. We all know he's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. But is he the kind of guy that can take it any type of promised land? I don't think so. Did uh, the did, did the Indianapolis Colts defense look decent out there? I guess, but they're not that good. Uh, there's a lot of excuses you can have, I guess. Okay, there's no Stephon Diggs to fire everybody up, this and that. But Kirk Cousins, some of the decision-making was just, you know, it sums up in a word I can't really say on the air. Just absolutely stupid. Let's just leave it at that. It was, it was terrible. Uh, Justin Jefferson, career-high three catches for 44 yards. He led the team. Yeah, Adam Thielen, well, he was targeted eight times, and there were some uh, <laughs> times where it looked like he was going to make a big, huge play, and it and it just didn't happen. It ended up being incomplete, this and that. Ola B.C. Johnson made a 24-yard reception, but a lot of the big plays happened when the game was already, you know, <laughs> not completely out of reach, but it was in a bad position already. The Vikings <laughs> were in desperation mode pretty much the second half of the game. The Minnesota Vikings had a really nice opening drive in this game. Had us all encouraged, because of course we got we got the ball first, so we had to give it back to Indianapolis in the second half. Great setup, heading in that direction. <laughs> great uh, great drive that ends up stalling, and the Vikings have to settle for a field goal. We got our three points, which was all we'd get for pretty much forever in this game. Uh, obviously a nice make by Dan Bailey, but only 21 yards out. Shows you how close the Vikings were to getting in the end zone. Basically at the goal line, just could not get the job done. Some of the play calling, again, unimaginative. And when it's like second and eight and you're handing off, I don't know, you have space to make a play throwing the ball. <clears throat> I know it's Delvin Cook and all that. It's Delvin Cook, and you want to believe he can break a tackle or two. But, I mean, you got to make some kind of play once in a while. And Kirk Cousins, there just wasn't anything there. Uh, it looks like his nookie blanky. The only guy who's comfortable throwing the ball to is Adam Thielen for the most part. Again, eight catches, that's or eight targets, but only three catches throughout the day. And generally speaking, there was hardly any pass rush on Phillip Rivers until super late in the game. Eric Wilson did get a sack. I thought he actually had a pretty good game today, generally speaking. But, yeah, you know, generally speaking, he was okay. Forrest Buckner for the Indianapolis Colts had a sack and a half. Taquan Lewis had a sack. And Justin Houston shared a sack with DeForest Buckner. All again, solid, strong game for him. Xavier Rhodes. <clears throat> Xavier Rhodes had no tackles in the game because he knocked the ball away on a consistent basis. 
he was actually halfway decent in this game. There were times where he would have been burned, but the pass was overthrown or just inaccurate, just flat out missed. He just missed it. That's all. He didn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like a tough play or anything for Kirk Cousins to make. He just missed it. That's all. Uh, he just missed. <laughs> and that, that's all you can say there. Eric Hendricks, I wouldn't say he was caught sleeping on a play, but he was beat on a play. Just not ready defensively for the Indianapolis tight end, I believe. Yep, Ali Cox. Uh, that was extremely frustrating, a 33-yard play there. He wound up leading the Colts in catches, 111 yards with five catches, only six targets. So getting the job done there. Both kickers were perfect <laughs> in terms of Dan Bailey and Rodrigo Blankenship. Very cool name there. Rodrigo got it like that. <laughs> Made everything he needed to. He had 14 points on the day, did Rodrigo. Good for him. So fantasy players out there had that guy. Good for you. Uh, again, 28-11 to 11 and another game where you know, the Colts dominated the Vikings, plain and simple. Again, the Vikings got multiple first downs on the first drive of the game, and then did not get a single first down the rest of the second half, uh, the rest of the, the first half. It was just off the charts. I don't even understand how to describe it. Uh, Vikings somehow wound up with a total of 12 first downs in the game, but again, some of that garbage time stuff when you got another touchdown or you finally got in the end zone, that type of thing. That was cute. Uh, third down efficiency, 2 of 9. The Colts were only 3 of 11, and you still couldn't take advantage of opportunities that we sort of had, but it became kind of a field position type of game as well, and the Colts completely, absolutely embarrassed the Vikings in that category. Uh, some of it's a little bit of luck, a little lucky bounce here and there on the punt, this and that, or just bad luck for Minnesota, whatever you want to call it, but a lot of it also is just, I don't know, I mean, can we not perform a little better? Can we not get a single first down maybe to get out of this poor field position? Maybe do something unexpected once in a while. That would be great. It would be absolutely awesome if we could do something unexpected once in a while. Uh, the officials called everything in the game. Absolutely everything in the game. Everything. I mean, you sneeze and it's it's a it's a personal foul, you know, roughing the passer or unsportsmanlike conduct. Oh, okay. Oh, because he wasn't wearing a mask. That's why. Oh, I'll, I'll leave that alone, right? <laughs> but that's about the end of the day. You so much as touch anybody, and it's pretty much like unsportsmanlike conduct in this game. It was insane. Absolutely insane uh, officiating, but eventually you just have to realize they're calling everything, so ease up a little bit, that type of thing. It did get pretty ridiculous, and it was on both sides. It was both sides. Uh, both teams basically, again, a flick of a wrist, a flick of a finger pretty much, and you're you know, when it's pass interference, that kind of thing. Just, uh, that's not the reason why the Vikings lost. It's just, it's just not. Uh, Vikings at least ran the ball a bit today. That's cute and everything, but so did the Colts. Did the Colts run the ball today? Were they successful? Yeah. They just kept moving the chains and moving the chains and moving the chains and moving the chains and moving the chains. And moving, the, you, you get the idea. That's kind of what last week was like, but, uh, it's just this defense is just not ready for the big time right now. Obviously, yes, Brett McCarthy will bring this up uh, multiple times in fan interaction segment, and I get it. It's just you get frustrated at the same time, though. But I get it. Uh, obviously, no Daniil Hunter, yeah. Uh, and Ngakwe was way better this week than last week, and he was getting frustrated and trying to fire people up. Like, let's go, come on, show some, show some, some energy, show a pulse, because some of the guys just weren't showing a pulse in this game. In fact, a lot of them weren't. A lot of them really weren't. Uh, but obviously you got Gladney out there. <clears throat> Dantzler last week 
Holden Hill is, is young, but that's not an excuse for him. I'm not giving Holden Hill any type of excuse. He was actually the worst cornerback in the NFL last week. 74th out of 74, according to that uh, uh, pro football talk, P- <laughs> PF, PFT, pro football talk. He was the worst cornerback in the NFL last week. 74th out of 74. I, I That's just beyond words when you sit and think about it. It makes you just want to say this, I guess. You're fired. Absolutely off the charts. 74 to 74. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like we're talking about, what was it, uh, TJ Clemmings, you know, as the uh, left tackle a couple of years ago. What was he like? Just about the worst player in the NFL. I forget what year was that. 2018, I believe. The worst player in the NFL. A, a guy was rushed in early. And then you get Ezra Cleveland hasn't played a single snap whatsoever in his first two games. Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess, I guess. Uh, Drew Samia finally got out there, and you're realizing just how big that guy is. He gave up a sack in the game. He was not that great. He was adequate at times, but generally speaking, he was not that good. He gave up a, you know, just a guy who just went right around him. That was uh, really something, actually. Just went right around him. Was it, uh, I can't remember. Oh, it was Tyquan Lewis. Tyquan Lewis. It was a Tyquan Lewis sack. This went right around Drew Samia. I mean, I, I'm not sure what else to say. Holden Hill got a sack, believe it or not, on a corner blitz. And Yannick Ngogwe got a sack. So there you go. Stack number one is Minnesota, third all-time with the... There was a second all-time, part of me, with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's one. Yannick got a little ways to go to catch up to the uh, John Randalls, Ellen Pages of the world. And, uh, you know, Jared Allen. And, okay, you get the idea. All the legendary Vikings... Uh, defensive lineman, but let's go, Yannick. Let's go. Let's keep him for a long time and get him caught up. Holden Hill, though, yeah, he had a lot of tackles because the ball was thrown his way. Why was the ball thrown his way? Because you can complete passes against Holden Hill. I mean, if he's making tackles, that means the ball was caught. So, obviously, it doesn't mean anything good, right? Common sense right there. Same with Jeff Gladney. I thought he was okay, though. I I thought he was better than, generally speaking, a little bit better than Cameron Dantzler last week, but then again, who's better? Seriously, who's better, Philip Rivers or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, well, you know, Philip Rivers has Hall of Fame possibilities, Hall of Fame credentials because of stats. Stats, that's it, stats and longevity. Where Aaron Rodgers has Hall of Fame credibility because of stats and and, and a crazy unique ability to get the ball exactly where it needs to be. Like on the little, on the this exact pixel on the television is where he can complete the pass where it won't be intercepted. In fact, not only will it not be intercepted, it'll be caught for a touchdown against tight coverage. That's Aaron Rodgers. Much as we may hate his guts around here, that's Aaron Rodgers. He was adequate, I guess. Holmes, adequate, solid, I guess. I don't know. I mean, Eric Kendricks obviously led the team in tackles, but that's what he's going to do. And he's the best linebacker on the Vikings by far. You lose Anthony Barr due to uh, a shoulder situation. That's un- super unfortunate. Uh, super early as well. Hopefully, you know, just kind of little prayers for the guy, Paris Campbell. Yeah, man, I, I hope it's not an ACL. His first play of the game, it was a sweep to the right. And, you know, decent play. And here comes Harrison Smith and kind of goes low a bit. I Obviously not intentional, just trying to make a stop, which the Vikings needed to do once in a while. Because, I mean, he can't just give up every first down on the planet here. But a seven-yard gain on the play, Paris Campbell... Paris Campbell knee was uh, moved a little awkwardly. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a, an ACL. It could be a uh, meniscus, which is also really bad. 
It could be anything. It could be an MCL. <sighs> I, I, I hope it's not an ACL, but uh, it moved kind of funky. Not super duper bad. It wasn't one of those insanely scary looking ones, but yes, there was there was movement, and I, and it did look funky as he was in the air, like something wasn't in the right place, that kind of thing. So, again, prayers for him, Paris Campbell. Hopefully it's a quick recovery and it's not a, a season-ender because, of course, last year sounds like he was uh, snake-bit with injuries. And this this would be a big one if that was the case. So that's unfortunate. Jonathan Taylor, I better stop with my <laughs> lip smacking. I'm sure that somebody over there is pissed off at me right now. I'll stop. I'm trying. Um, so Jonathan Taylor, 101 yards on the ground. Not a whole lot of... Uh, <clears throat> not a whole lot of resistance from the Vikings defense. The yards per carry is one thing, only 3.9, but then again, if you keep running, it's just going to keep happening because it's legitimately 3.9. His long was 13. It's a legitimate 3.9 in terms of he's going to go forward every single bleep in time he touches the ball. And what else are you going to do? So, again, I apologize. I'm forgetting who the guy's name is out there. I closed the Facebook section because I'm not at that stage yet. I'm not in fan interaction. That's a ways away. So apologize to you out there if you happen to still be listening. Maybe he's pissed off at me right now and already shut the show off. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I apologize. I know it's a stupid habit, but we all have habits. We all have bad habits, I suppose. So <clears throat> I think I see him in here somewhere. I'm just going to load it up right now. Tark Davis. Yeah, so my apologize. My goodness, would you please quit smacking your lips so loud every 10 seconds. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Hope you didn't... Uh, and your subscription or anything. Uh, I, I can understand that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, just bottom line, the Vikings couldn't make stops and their offense couldn't do jack squat. It was just a tiring, boring, awful game. That's just all it was. It's the kind of game uh, where you look outside, you see the leaves rustling, you can hear them rustling. Nice breezy day. Maybe a tiny bit warmer than normal for September 20th, something like that. You're just like, screw this. I want to go outside. Hell with this. I want to go on my bike. In fact, actually, it was a little bit warm for me today, a little bit for some reason. Because, gosh, I mean, working outside, I was getting used to 50s and 60s. So when it's like pushing 80, it's like, damn, this is hot, even with the breeze. <clears throat> and it's like, well, that's what happens when it's hurricane season. You're going to get these breezy days, and the temperature is going to soar way, way up, uh, 20, 30 degrees higher than it was, uh, you know, on those super cold uh, evenings and such, that type of thing. So that's just how that goes. But it, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a good feeling about today's game. I, I don't feel happy about anything. The decision making by Kirk Cousins and the inaccuracy throughout the game was just sickening to watch. Delvin Cook was a positive. He was solid. He didn't fumble. He didn't get hurt. Alexander Madison struggled a little bit, but he was adequate at times. C.J. Ham, you know, you had your cute little carry in the red zone for four yards, but then. When you went to, to Delvin Cook, uh, again, on second and long, I just didn't like it. It wasn't a good play. And then you just couldn't finish the job. Yeah, then you overthrow Adam, uh, was it Adam Thielen? I believe it was. This was uh, Kyle Rudolph. That's what it was, the target. He just, you know, it was just like there was no play to be had. I don't know if he just gave up on the play and was throwing it away. That's what it looked like. And it's just like, ah. Uh, and then you kick the ball. You figure, oh, you know, our, our offense is fine. Look how good we did. We'll just we'll just come right down the field next time, and everything will be okay. And that just wasn't the case throughout the rest of the game. 
until like really late in the garbage time again with like five minutes left. Oh goody. Next thing you know, the Colts were in victory formation. It was like, whatever, the hell with this crap. And that's what kind of game today was. Thankfully, it went quickly. The game went very, very quickly. So it made everybody feel a little bit better at the end of the day. The quicker, the better in a situation like this because it was unwatchable. It was garbage. And we're hearing the tank for Trevor Lawrence, tank for Trevor Lawrence, tank for Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, say that fast three times. Is it going to be 3-13 and 13 season, 2-14? and 14? Are we 6-10? and 10? Are we 7-9? and nine? I don't think we're a playoff team right now. I, I, I'd be shocked if this team makes the playoffs. Even with talented players on the roster, there's too many guys missing. There's too much uh, lack of experience. And in certain areas, they're just not good. The offensive line just isn't that good. Brian O'Neill is pretty much all we got, and I don't think he's spectacular either. Samia is, maybe at best, he's just going to be a backup guard. And at best, <laughs> I don't know. There's a reason he wasn't on the uh there, why he wasn't playing last year. There's a reason why he wasn't starting this year. And Pat Alfline, out of the five hurries that came to Kirk Cousins last week, four of them were credited to Pat Alfline. Four were credited to Pat Elfline. <clears throat> That's pretty bad. So it just says a lot. It, it sucks. So your right guard position is pretty much like <laughs> fire away at Kirk Cousins, basically. And your, uh, your tackles are adequate. You're not hearing a whole lot of complaints except for the silly penalty last week when both of them jumped up. That was kind of funny in the false start. It was both of them, O'Neal and Riley Reef. That was kind of hilarious. But outside of that, there's just no laughing matter with this team right now. Nobody's really stepping up except Delvin Cook. Uh, they're calling him the leader of the offense, and he is. There's just no question about it because it isn't Kirk Cousins. You want to believe it is. He's got the loud voice. He's He's got that commanding look on his face. He's got the big arm, but I don't know. The big playability, once in a while, not often enough to be considered a legitimate franchise quarterback. No. Uh, the franchise player on the offensive side of the ball is Delvin Cook. It's not Adam Thielen either, and we're seeing more and more of that. The, the laws of Stefan Diggs to this franchise is causing a domino effect that is uh, pretty devastating, to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really bad news. And you're losing both of your both of your defensive ends from last year. That didn't help either. Obviously, again, Daniel Hunter will be back. But I mean, that's the good part. But or will we? Or are we going to say, ah, you know what? Let's uh, let's tank for Trevor. Let's uh, let's uh, say he's actually out for the season and let him recover during the year to make absolutely sure he's okay, and then go from there. Justin Jefferson has some nice ability, but we're not seeing anything too special yet. I, I don't know what to say yet. I'm not too excited, necessarily. I don't know. I hate to be so negative, but there's just nothing positive right now. KJ Osborne's returning kicks fairly nicely. I like that. I like that. Uh, he It looked like he fumbled, but no, he didn't. He was way, way down by the time he got to the ground, so luckily that wasn't the case. Again, just uh, one positive is it's not like we're getting banged up too bad, so again, knock on wood there banged up in certain areas, I'm sure. Obviously, Daniel Hunter's neck, but to see Xavier Rhodes bat away a pass that could have been completed if it was thrown a little bit higher. Could have been a nice completion. Watch Adam Thielen burn Xavier Rhodes on a play, but it just was, you know, it wasn't thrown high enough. If, you know, if you're going to beat a player with long arms like Xavier Rhodes, can we get it a couple inches higher, maybe? Because the play would have been, the ball would have been caught in stride, and Xavier Rhodes would have been a yard or two behind. It would have been, a, it would have been big trouble for Xavier. 
Of course, Xavier slowed down a little bit to make the play, so yeah, there's that. But if it could have just been a teeny bit higher, Rose would have been toast on that one. But of course it wasn't. That just kind of summed up today's game. The ball was overthrown, the ball was underthrown. The <laughs> defensive player's angle wasn't right. You know, whichever cornerback it was, cornerback du jour, Holton Hill, uh, wasn't in the right place at the right time. Uh, the pass rush just wasn't there, except for Yannick Ngagwe, who again, there you go. You know, he got his first little game out of the way last week, and now he's already a factor. That's really encouraging. Um, Kendricks is a tackling machine here and there, but unfortunately, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of resistance before him, but before the, the player got to him. There there already was a gain by the time Kendricks was able to make the tackle. That's the frustration there. Not as much on Kendricks as it might be on some of the DTs, but... Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was just one of those crappy, frustrating games that you just want to you just want to flush out and start again next week. <laughs> just flush this one out, guys. Again, like the, <laughs> was it that Falkness on Kevin Falkness, Minnesota Wild Radio Network? The Wild, oh, the Wild lost six to one tonight to the to the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, just flush this one out and we'll start over tomorrow. Uh, yeah, okay, sure. Well, unfortunately, in football, you can't flush this one out because it's a big portion of the season. And we're already one-eighth into the year. We're 0-2. And, well, okay, it might get worse rather than better. It might get worse before it gets better. We'll have to wait and see with that. Otherwise, the Fran Tarkington Award for this show, for this Minnesota Vikings team in this game, I'm going to give it to Delvin Cook. The <laughs> It's going to be back-to-back weeks to the same guy because I actually forgot to pass it out last week. The Christian Bonner Memorial... I want to just say, oh, the whole defense sucks. It's all of them. No, it's not all of them. One guy stands out more than all of them, and it's Holden Hill. He can't play. Is it safe to say Holden Hill can't play? He looked like a reclamation project who was just a genius, genius, Dr. Frankenstein thing with Mike Zimmer two years ago. Ever since he came back from that eight-game suspension last year, he's been he's been nothing short of crap. Seriously. So, he's... He's the worst cornerback on the team right now, as far as I'm concerned. I'd rather have Chris Boyd out there. Seriously. At least give him a shot. I mean, Holden Hill, there's talent, but it's not... <laughs> I mean, it's just not... The result's just not there. That's just all i got to say about that. I'm glad he got a sack today. That's nice. But, I mean, whatever. Yay, he got a sack. That's good. I think uh, I think there's a little bit more there, though. Uh, there should be more going on with Holden Hill than there has been so far. And... I don't know. He's a lot worse than Trey Waynes. Let's just leave it at that. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Hopefully some more positive conversation. And of course, one of the most fun segments I do in podcasting world is uh, segment number two of Purple Mafia. Looking around the league, looking across the NFC North where certain teams are both 2-0 and and other two teams are not. (laughs) And we're one of the teams that are not, unfortunately. Until then, we'll talk to you. here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league and, of course, the NFC North. Sunday Night Football about to get started. Twins baseball also flashing on the screen a bit. I've been kind of switching between the two. The Twins are on ESPN at this second, anyway, versus the Cubs. T 
team that's uh, you know ten games above five hundred in both cases. Hopefully, Minnesota Twins go on to a uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful ending to this season. Hopefully, because somebody's got to. <sighs> somebody's got to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's keep moving here. Of course, Minnesota will be playing Tennessee next weekend, next Sunday. Another nooner, so that's a good thing. The nooner is generally a good thing, but sometimes it. I'm not able to sneak around or hang out with other people during the day because of it. That's the only crappy part, but that's uh, that's how life is sometimes. Ryan Tannehill and such. We'll talk about them last, of course, because that's how it's supposed to go. Cincinnati and Cleveland, a battle for Ohio. Pretty cool stuff, the Battle of Ohio. Cleveland Browns end up winning at Barnburner, 35-30, to but Joe Burrow, definitely the better quarterback of the two between the two number one picks in Ohio there, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know, good game. Good game and everything. Nice high percentage and everything. Two touchdowns, but he did have the interception. But then you look over at Joe Burrow, who seems to have better leadership skills. Of course, 61 pass attempts is a little crazy, but that's just where it is. He's their franchise quarterback boy. 316 yards, three touchdowns. This is a very entertaining back-and-forth kind of game. Cleveland had a pretty big lead for quite a while. Cincinnati made it a little bit interesting near the end, but Cleveland ended up finishing it off. So good for Cleveland getting their 35 points in there. And they're at 500 right away. Cincinnati, unfortunately, 0-2 so far in the Joe Burrow era, but I don't expect that to last too long. Joe Mixon unable to really get any much going on the ground. Burrow showing a teeny bit of mobility. Tyler Boyd, guys like that. Odell Beckham Jr. had a nice game for the other side, the Browns. Nick Chubb, awesome on the ground if he's on your fantasy team. Of course, I don't know anything about fantasy football anymore. I'm long retired, of course, long retired. <laughs> Kareem Hunt returning is from the Kansas City Chiefs days. Awesome performance, 86 yards on the ground and a touchdown, 33 yards for a long in the game. Just an entertaining overall night, back and forth. Nice to see Cleveland. They got that multiple running game thing going. And again, Baker Mayfield, if he can get his head on straight, Cleveland just might be an awesome team. Because they have some good defensive players, too. They have good players all over this roster. We'll see what happens in Cincinnati, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in the next coming year, in the next couple years here, a couple more drafts, you add a couple more pieces, you might have something special going in Cincinnati. No question about that. You know, offensive tackle, nice solid receiver, nice really good receiver if you're lucky. A.J. Green, only three catches in the game. That was unfortunate. Targeted 13 times, though. That's where kind of the frustration took over. The good Cleveland defense and just some not-so-good moments. And that's really the reason Cincinnati was unable to win the game, unfortunately. Ah, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> and whoops, almost jumping ahead where I, where I want to be at this moment. Can't go to Chicago, New York yet. Dallas and Atlanta. What the heck happened here? Well, Atlanta was kicking Dallas's butt the whole day. Nice, big, huge lead. It's like, wow, Dallas really sucks. They're going to get smoked at home by Atlanta. No, Atlanta, Atlanta. They gave up a don't forget, Atlanta gave up a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. Of course, this game not nearly as important, but that defense is not good. Atlanta's defense is not good. Dan Quinn, great coach, at least we thought he was, and then I don't think he really is anymore, honest to God. Just being honest. Just being honest, at the end of the day, Matt Ryan, what a spectacular start to this game, and unbelievable numbers. He had one of those, one of those Matt Ryan type of days, four touchdowns, almost 300 yards. Todd Gurley was okay on the ground. Running game just wasn't going, but the passing game was. Atlanta winds up with 39 points in this game and still can't win as Dallas scores 16 points in the final five minutes to steal it away. Dak Prescott, 450 yards overall, moving the chains and running the ball into the end zone three times down the stretch. Really uh, a crazy day. If he's on your fantasy team, whew, 
450 yards passing, one touchdown, and then three touchdowns on the ground. So four total touchdowns for Dak Prescott. You're probably one today. That's probably your MVP. I would think. I can't imagine too many people having a better game than him today, except for maybe the uh, the uh, <laughs> Indianapolis kicker. But, oh, well, C.D. Lamb, 106 yards. Amari Cooper, 100 yards. Dalton Schultz, so they're getting the yards in the air. Didn't get in the end zone as much because Dak Prescott using the mobility when he needed to and was able to get in. Uh, Calvin Ridley, definitely a rising star in the league with a couple touchdowns, along with Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage, really helping Atlanta get things rolling early, but it just wasn't meant to be. Boy, 16, 16 points given up in five minutes, Atlanta. Yikes. So we're going to obviously skip Green Bay for now as well. Green Bay-Detroit, that's your NFC North roundup between those couple games there. Tennessee-Jacksonville, can't talk about that. Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills visit the Miami Dolphins. This used to be, a, this was an AFC championship once upon a time back in 92. Remember those days? Remember when the Miami Dolphins were really, really, really good? Like 14-2 and two good and the 49ers were 14-2 and two. back in 92? You thought it was going to be Miami, San Francisco. And like, this is going to be awesome. And it was Dallas-Buffalo, and it was one of the worst games of all time. But I digress. It was one of the worst games of all time. Like, the highlight of the game was Leon Lett kind of getting a little too excited, a little too happy with himself, and having Don Beebe knock the ball away after he recovered a fumble and uh, galvanning to the end zone. Much better game for Ryan Fitzmagic. He actually looked like Ryan Fitzmagic a little bit today. 328 yards, did not turn the ball over. Good for him. But Josh Allen was by far, oh man, what a great game for him today. Just definitely, this will have to be his best game of his career so far. Quarterback rating way up into the moon there. 147. Four touchdown passes, only sacked ones, no turnovers. What a great game by Josh Allen. Stefan Diggs. <sighs> Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs is going to make every Pro Bowl in the history of man. Remember how he wouldn't make Pro Bowls here because he'd miss a little bit of time? He stays healthy in Buffalo. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we brag and brag about... Kirk Cousins coming in. Well, some of us. Most of us. A lot of us quote-unquote educated fans uh, were a little bit skeptical with Kirk Cousins coming in, myself included. Yeah. Well, Stephon Diggs put up nice numbers with Cousins most of the uh, time, but what a great couple games here for Stephon Diggs to open up his career in Buffalo. I mean, almost 300 yards already. One touchdown in this game. Was targeted 13 times. That again, 153 with eight catches. Just, oh boy. Mm. He's really a son of a gun, isn't he? Absolutely spectacular. The running game on both sides, not too exciting. Other than Josh Allen, who's going to have a couple of scampers here and there, but not getting in the end zone or anything. Good for Buffalo. Good for uh, Stephon Diggs. They're 2-0 in the Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen era. Allen to Diggs. Starting to sound a little bit better. San Francisco with a costly win. Uh, obviously, they lost to Arizona last week. And they beat a not good New York Jets team. I mean, you know, you think about Baker Mayfield, and then you got uh, Sam Darnold as well, just not putting up what he needs to, and he's just not that good. He turns the ball over too much. His accuracy is up and down. Garoppolo did not have a good, uh, you know, I mean, Garoppolo was extremely sharp, but he got hurt in this one. Not sure what his status is at the moment. Extremely sharp. Pardon me. Uh, Nick Mullins came in and was mediocre at best. Uh sad. Uh, Mostert, may have, Mostert has a mildly sprained MCL, they say. And someone else tore their ACL. I'm blanking on who it was now at the moment. It'll pop up here in a second. But yeah, Jared McKinnon returning for the San Francisco 49ers. Nice to see him. Three rushes, 77 yards. One of them was a 55-yard scamper. 
Gotta love that, without a doubt. Welcome back, Jarek McKinnon. And they're going to need him because Mostart's not going to be playing. Uh, kick returns also by Jarek McKinnon, very solid. So, very happy to see him uh, out there. Uh, it was Solomon Thomas. That's who it was. Feared to have an, an uh, ACL tear. A defensive player for San Francisco, Solomon Thomas. Feared to have an ACL tear. According to uh, Shanahan there. So, very, very sad. Very disappointing there for San Francisco. Multiple injuries in the game. I believe three. Yep, according, including their starting quarterback. It was sharp as all get out against a pretty crappy Jets team. The Jets just, boy, they haven't been good in forever. They showed promise for a couple minutes a few years ago, but most of those wins were in, you know, the garbage time of the season. So, that was kind of lame. At the end of the day, oh man, a matchup that once upon a time could have been looked at as the NFC Championship game. In fact, it would have been a damn good matchup years ago, a couple years back. Los Angeles Rams with their interesting new uniforms. They're interesting. The uniforms, uh, their logo's interesting. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I don't know. You know me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They should have never changed their 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 logo for the in the first place after they won the Super Bowl in 99. I mean, their uniforms and logos were perfect. I mean, just perfect. That royal blue and that gold, that, that bright yellow, perfect. They're kind of heading in that direction, but again, the futuristic look like I described last week. I don't want to sound like a broken record player or anything, but a very sharp, solid game by Jared Goff against this uh, Philadelphia defense. It just isn't good anymore. And Carson Wentz is, again... Can I say it again? He's Carson Palmer. I'm sorry. He's what, as good as Carson Palmer could be at times. He'd turn in games like this. Two interceptions and that's it. 250 yards, something like that. A couple of interceptions, at least one. Carson Palmer and Carson Wentz, two guys that were, you know, elite quarterbacks that got hurt and just never were the same again. It's, it's a doggone shame. I like Carson Wentz, you know, and that's too bad. It really is a freaking shame that that happened, you know. Ah. Sad about that. So sad to see that happening. I don't like the Eagles, and I don't think anybody does, but Carson Wentz is, you know, I mean, he's he's not our enemy. <laughs> Shoot. He's from the Dakotas, for crying out loud. He probably grew up being a Viking fan. In fact, I'm sure he did. Uh, Peck, my manager at work, grew up in the same town as Carson Wentz. That's right. So, pretty cool. Uh, good for him. Carson, uh, good for Carson Wentz, at least in that, <laughs> that category, but... They're just not real good, and the Los Angeles Rams, they look, they look better than last year when they were a non-playoff team, which was quite frustrating and surprising. Non-playoff team, 37-19. and 19. They look awesome, at least in today's game. And again, Philadelphia, when you put in perspective the way Kirk Cousins beat the crap out of them in 2018 and 19, well, I guess it shouldn't be too surprising that Jared Goff did the same thing today in Philadelphia. They're not a playoff team. Eagles are not a playoff team. They're, they're just not. Uh, so we could stop talking about them winning any NFC East. Like it or not, it's going to be the Cowboys, and they're going to lose right away. If they get a first-round bye, they'll lose. If they don't get a first-round bye, they'll lose. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cowboys aren't. Uh, the Cowboys are not a playoff team, or are not a successful postseason team. They'll, they're a playoff team, but that's it. Pittsburgh Penguin, Pittsburgh Penguins, right? No, I'm just messing around. Pittsburgh Steelers versus Denver Broncos. <sighs> I just, you know, I'm tired of the Steelers. They're boring. Okay, maybe they're not boring, but uh, I'm just tired of the Steelers in general. Denver is what they are, and now, now Locke is hurt. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's no fun. I mean, Locke got hurt very early in this one. We'll see what happens there. Jeff Driscoll. 
couldn't, you know, I don't know, he's a backup quarterback. That's just all you got to say about that. Not very accurate. And Denver is just, you know, there's just nothing about Denver that's exciting except maybe Cortland Sutton. He's all right. Uh, obviously, their defensive players over the years have been great, but I don't know. And Pittsburgh, to me, I mean, all you think about is Ben Roethlisberger, and he was solid. He was, he was solid, but again, how long is he going to play? I just don't recognize this team anymore. <laughs> There's just, I don't know. They, they have decent players, but I don't really recognize them. It's going to take time, I guess, for that as they get more and more established over the years. Uh, TJ Watt, though, a couple of, couple of sacks in this game. Couple, two and a half sacks, good for him. So their defense showed up at times and frustrated and beat the crap out of uh, Mr. Jeff Driscoll. He was sacked six times in the game. 26-21, Steelers are 2-0. and Don't look now, but ooh, the Steelers are 2-0. and Yeah, so was Baltimore. Teddy Bridgewater, oh, he had a fumble today and got beat pretty soundly by the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Tom Brady era, which will be about a year, maybe, or two in Tampa Bay, if he's actually going to play when he's 44. <laughs> I don't know. 31-17, Tampa winning in the Bay there. Congratulations for them uh, beating the Carolina Panthers who are now 0-2. Bucks are 1-1. One one. Teddy Bridgewater had a key fumble in the game that did not help. He had, an inter- he had two interceptions as well. He put up good numbers, really good numbers, but couldn't get him in the end zone and then had a couple of interceptions to really mess things up. That's just a crying shame. I mean, almost 80% completion percentage. Passed for almost 400 yards and damn, what a bummer. What an absolute bummer. Uh, Three turnovers, though, for Teddy. Fumble, lost, and then two interceptions. Not a good game at the end of the day. When you think about that, of course, that fumble ended up leading to points for Tampa. As we know, uh, Brady looking like a game manager so far. He's a, He had multiple interceptions in the game and was nothing special, to say the least. Leonard Fournette, nice addition, though. Obviously, he scampered for 46 and got in the end zone twice. Nice fantasy free agent for some people out there. And uh, he was a fantasy free agent for Tampa as well. Obviously, the guy can play. So, I mean, it's just that Jacksonville wasn't willing to pay him. He can play. They just didn't want to pay, as cute as that might sound. It's a good group of players. It's a kind of a mess of players, but it's, they're, obviously, they're obviously super talented there in uh, Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens. Dominican Sue, a couple of sacks, got it like that. Jason Pierre-Paul, the former gi- uh, giant, pardon me, and Washington Redskin, if I remember correctly. Four, five sacks total. Antoine Winfield Jr. adding a sack in the game. How happy are you for Antoine Winfield Jr.? 11 tackles in the game and a sack. Isn't that cool? So Antoine Winfield Jr. is former gopher. He's not one of the rookies. He's not like a Minnesota Viking rookie uh, uh, <laughs> defensive back who's struggling and sucking, so to speak, so far. Antoine Winfield Jr. off to a beautiful start to his career. And good for him. Absolutely uh, sweet to see. Unfortunately, the former Gopher wide receiver, not as fortunate thus far in getting action, but there's a lot of talented receivers, young and old, on that Tampa roster. So that's just kind of how that goes, I guess. So, so eventually we'll see Tyrell Johnson. Sorry, I'm, I just smacked my lips again, again, didn't I? I apologize. I got to break that habit, and I apologize. I'm sure it's annoying as hell. Arizona. Cardinals, 2-0. How about that against the Washington football team or the Washington Gophers? The Washington Golden Gophers. Uh, that's, what, that's what we should call them from now on, even though the M isn't as pretty as the Minnesota Gophers M. It's a it's a gold W among maroon background. So they're the Washington Golden Gophers until they have a new name. 
they managed only 15 points, and I don't know, they're, they're as boring as their name, the Washington football team. They're, that's how boring they are. They suck, and it's too bad. Arizona playing well, though, that's good for football right now when you have a guy like Kyler Murray. He is a spectacular player. Did not have a spectacular game necessarily, but certainly wasn't bad. Kenyon Drake, again, solid game on the ground. Dwayne Haskins, just nothing to get excited about in Washington. Uh, they're going to possibly tank for uh, tank for uh, Taylor. So, uh, tank for, for, for Lawrence. Tanking for Lawrence. So, um, that's how that goes. DeAndre Hopkins, there was that smack again, but it wasn't as bad, I hope. DeAndre Hopkins leading the way with receiving again. Getting a touchdown, was targeted nine times, 68 yards total. Nothing spectacular about this game. It's just that they beat a crappy team and they got the job done. They just they did what they were supposed to do. They beat the Washington Gophers, the Washington Golden Gophers. That's what they did. So congratulations there. Oh, Los Angeles Chargers, come on. You had them, guys. You had them. And I know Detroit had Kansas City last year, too, and they should have won the game, and they blew it in the end. When Detroit had that cute little start last year, solid, solid little start, and they blew it, and Kansas City ended up squeaking it out. It was kind of funny and sad at the same time. The Chiefs had kind of a crappy start to the year, and what were they, 10-6 and six last year? And who cares if they were 10-6? and six? They were the world champions anyway because they were as good as they were supposed to be. Um, Los Angeles Chargers had this game, and they freaking blew it. They just let the Chiefs back in, and, and you knew it was going to happen. I mean, the 49ers should have beaten the Chiefs last year, too. That's the Chiefs right now. I mean, when you have them, you have them at the ropes, you're going to still find a way to lose the game because Patrick Mahomes is going to lead the team down the field with those key passes that are thrown past the chains. That's one of the biggest keys about Patrick Mahomes versus other quarterbacks, including that Andy Reid offense. Throw the ball past the chains, not in front of the chains. Don't force players to, 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 uh, to break a tackle every time you're trying to get to that first down, that key first down in those third and longs. Throw the ball past the chains once in a while. And I know Patrick Mahomes is a special talent, but, I mean, sometimes 11 yards isn't that far, you know, or even just 10 or 8. Throw it past the bleeping chains, which is something the Minnesota Vikings offense has not been doing since the Brad Childress era at the very least. Oh, yep, always those short little three-yard passes on third and eight or something. Yeah, let's let's break about eight tack. No, let's get the punting team out. That's you know, doesn't that just drive you nuts? Don't you hate it? Tell tell me you hate it because 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 I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Sorry for stammering around there, Justin Hebert. No, Justin Hebert getting started with his young career in Los Angeles, California. It's a cool team to watch, but they lost. Damn it, they lost. I wanted them to beat the Chiefs, and I know if the Chiefs lost this game, it doesn't mean they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, you know, and I'm... It's like I'm not rooting for the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. I'm not. I'd like to see Baltimore. I'd like to see the Los Angeles Chargers win the Super Bowl. I'd like to see the Oakland, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders win the Super Bowl too, instead of the Chiefs. I'm not a Chiefs hater, but I'm certainly not a lover either. So, love their uniforms, absolutely. Patrick Mahomes is entertaining. He's a cool guy. But, uh, there you go. Uh, you got Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly... On the ground, Keenan Allen, awesome in the air. Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler again. That that mobility and that uh, that uh, he's the kind of player that you really want on your team that can do a little bit of everything, kind of like a Delvin Cook, but not as good. We'll say that type of thing. But good start for Justin Hibar getting started out there with 311 yards, getting started really early in his career 
Nice uh, first game, actually. Almost beat the Chiefs. Would not have been cool, but unfortunately it just didn't freaking happen. Houston Texans, who had a nice solid game last week. No, they didn't. They ended up blowing it. And, ah, oh boy. Yeah, I think Bill O'Brien's in trouble. I think everybody knows that. Nobody's going to be surprised about it. Uh, De Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. See, I'm going to get these guys mixed up forever. It's these two stinking quarterbacks right here. Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, it has nothing to do with that. It has just to do with their names. For some reason, they roll off your tongue where you could easily mix them up. Lamar, Watson, and Deshaun Jackson, especially Deshaun Jackson. It just rolls off your tongue backwards, and it's annoying. Uh, David Johnson, great trade, Houston, great trade. Great trade. Uh, 34 yards, 3 yards a carry. Trade of the century there. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a number one receiver for Kyler Murray for years and years. And Arizona might win a Super Bowl with that guy. Just you watch. Just you watch. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a hell of a quarterback. He's a legitimate blue-chip quarterback, and you trade away his top receiver. So what's going to happen to the Houston Texans? They're going to drop like a man without a parachute. That's what's going to happen. They're going to be like 6-10 and 10 this year, probably. And it's a team that probably should, you know, they're kind of a de facto division champion over there in that AFC South, because the AFC South sucks. And they're going to have a hard time now. J.J. Watt with two tackles. Both of them were sacks. Good for him on the best quarterback, or no, the most mobile quarterback in the league. I won't call him the best, but he's he's damn good, obviously. Nothing spectacular from Lamar Jackson in today's game. He was mobile and everything, but didn't really generate a ton of offense necessarily in terms of uh, getting himself in the end zone or throwing for touchdowns. But it's not like he was bad either. Uh, Baltimore did a good job in this one, obviously, and generally speaking, winding up with 33 points in this game. Defeating the Houston Texans 33-16. Just not an overall great game for the Houston Texans, generally speaking. And, you know, uh, Mark Ingram, the Mark Ingram the second. Yeah, I'm thinking the Saints, and yes, that is what he is. He was the New Orleans, yeah, he was the New Orleans Saints not that long ago. 30-yard touchdown. So, again, just a solid game on the ground, generally speaking, for the... Uh, Baltimore Ravens, just generally speaking, they could kind of do whatever they wanted today on the ground. I mean, as you can see, guys like Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram were rushing for an average of about six and a half total. That's insane. Six and a half, folks. That's just like game over right there. I mean, you, you want to say, oh yeah, establish the run. That's so boring. That's so 1979. I don't care. If you're if you're getting six yards of carry, run the damn ball. Just Just, just run the ball. I mean, that's like kindergarten knowledge right there. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if it's Stone Age football. If you're able to run right through a team, just keep doing it. Who cares? Especially if you're, uh, <laughs> your quarterback's so damn dangerous, they're afraid, you know, in those play-action situations. Or that yeah, he might roll out and just take off down the field as well. Those uh, multiple type of situations you could get into with this creative uh, offense and talented offense in Baltimore. So, uh, good for them. and They're 2-0, and and Houston's terrible. They're 0-2. Houston's like us. <laughs> New, Orleans, New Orleans. New England and Seattle. The New England Patriots off to a 7 nothing lead. Got it like that. I think you all know how I feel about the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I think everybody knows I hate their guts. New England's got these weird-looking change, changed uniforms that have the same stripes and everything, but the color scheme's a little different now for what reason? I mean, you won six Super Bowls with another group. Why would you change it? Leave it alone. You won six Super Bowls. Yeah, let's change the culture in New England. Let's not say we did. <laughs> that New England with seven and Seattle zero, 
Yeah, if only Seattle didn't win in 2013, that could have been the score in Super Bowl totals, possibly. Uh, you know, a certain way, certain things could have gone. I <sighs> wish the people upstairs would learn how to sit down. All they do is... Ugh, it's making me tired. Um, <laughs> Devin McCourty. Okay, so, yep, it was New England's defense that got the job done here. Seven to zilch in favor of the Patriotas. So we'll bounce back to that later. Chicago hosting the New York Giants. What a slugfest. What a what a slugfest. Yeah. Chicago's 2-0, though. Chicago's 2-0. New York's 0-2. 17-13. 30 total points in the game. Very exciting stuff. But Mitchell Trubisky threw for a couple touchdowns, a couple interceptions. Yeah, he's Mitch Trubisky. He is. He's a little bit mobile, and they were happy for him. Daniel Jones just is nothing special right now for the Giants. Maybe in a year or two. And Saquon Barkley couldn't do a whole lot necessarily, but he wasn't given the opportunity. It's not even that. He actually moved when he got the opportunity. Deion Lewis, I don't know what they're doing with that at the end of the day, but it just didn't work. It just didn't work at all. Two yards of carry there. Uh, David Montgomery. It's just not, not an interesting game at all, to be quite honest. Anthony Miller was targeted three times. No completions were made. A field goal was missed in the game by a uh, Chicago kicker, and it's not the same guy before. What a boring game. Ugh, this was very boring. Khalil Mack, though, did get a sack. Khalil Mack with the sack. That's probably one of the highlights of the game, to be quite honest, because it's fun to watch Khalil Mack rush the quarterback and get a sack. It's actually really good. Green Bay Packers hosting Le Detroit Lions, and they doubled him up. 42-21. Isn't that fascinating? Yep. Green Bay is... <laughs> Yeah, I think we all know. None of us like the Packers, but they're freaking dangerous. Rodgers is, you know, he's, he's, he's motivated. He's, he's ready to roll. And he always was motivated, but it's just he's more motivated than ever now. Like once you bring in that young quarterback to, you know, breathe, breathe over his shoulder for like three, four years, Aaron Rodgers is just simply going to play better because he's like, no, not yet, not yet. That's basically the, the mentality of Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Jones was even better. Can I say it again? And I know, the 75 yards per carry, or the 75 yards scamper brought the average up, but hey, if the running game's working, it's working, and go for it. Go for it. I don't care. That's why Rodgers attempted 30 passes instead of 45 or something. <laughs> Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, both of them with a nice, solid game, but Aaron Jones, especially 168, he did have a 75-yard scamper along the way, but just generally speaking, if it's working, it's working, and enjoy. Multiple touchdowns. And the uh, <laughs> fourth leading running back in NFL history, or is he the third? Part of uh, fifth, I mean, fifth leading running back in NFL history, Adrian Peterson, trying to catch the other Detroit Lion, who's fourth all time, and would have been number one if he didn't uh, quit when he was 29. Put it this way: if Barry Sanders played as long as Adrian, nobody's catching Barry Sanders. He, he'd, he'd be ahead of Emmett and all of them. Emmett played forever as well, but Barry Sanders is the greatest running back, other than Walter Payton, I think. Uh, he might have had more yards than Walter. In fact, uh, he probably would have. The overall best running back to me is Walter, uh, and number two is like right next to him, and that's Barry Sanders. I think those are the best running backs of all time. Just thought I'd bring that up. But every time I see the name Adrian Peterson, you got to open up the history book a little bit. He had a 25-yard run today, but only seven rushes overall. Kerryon Johnson actually got in the end zone. And T.J. Hawkinson's becoming more and more of a piece of that offense as he should have been in the first place. But they didn't have a whole lot of quarterback. <laughs> they didn't have a whole lot of a quarterback game last year in Detroit with uh, Matthew Stafford missing most of the season. 
this year, different story. Matthew Stafford's been healthy. He's putting up the yardage. The overall results are just, you know, eh, above average. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, but uh, a little bit better than Kirk Cousins, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> that kind of thing, I guess. Oh, boy. Mm. Crackers crush Detroit, and uh, <laughs> I don't like the Packers, but they, they have NFC Championship game written all over them. They, they really do. They have NFC Championship game like written on their for, forehead right now, and it's flashing. That's, yeah, I mean, uh, it's pretty possible, I think I'd have to say. Tennessee Titans, let's look at the Tennessee Titans, Nashville, Tennessee, Gardner, Minshew, if that don't sound Southern, I don't know what does, and he had another three-touchdown game against them. Oh, come on. You know, why are our opponents playing Jacksonville every week? What This is weird. This is weird. Come on. And Gardner, Minshew's kicking their ass. He did throw a couple of interceptions this time, so not quite as sexy of a game as he had against the Colts. Little did we know how great Kirk Cousins would play against this Colts defense that allowed one incompletion. One incompletion from Gardner Minshew last week. 95% completion percentage. I don't care if it was 20 passes or 15 passes that Gardner Minshew threw. 95% is insane. Period. It's insane. And three touchdowns, by the way, which he threw again this week. Looks like he could be a, in the Confederate Army. Gardner Minshew, Confederate. Uh, he's a general for the Confederate Army. Okay, sorry. I know. And I'm not trying to be about the Confederates. It's just saying it's. he looks like a Civil War veteran sometimes. I'm weird, I know. But uh, go, go him. Or like a like an 80s cop is actually probably more accurate. Whatever he is, he's put up good numbers against our future opponents. But uh, Ryan Tannehill... Four touchdowns against the Jacksonville defense. That's not so great, but uh, didn't but made Philip Rivers look pretty crappy last week, and our defense made Philip Rivers look fairly decent this week. And even though he had the interception, but that was just you know that was a closer play. It wasn't as awful as Kirk Cousins, that's for sure. Tannehill, four touchdowns, no interceptions, seventy-five percent. Just an overall solid, well played, well balanced game by the Tennessee Titans. Against the Jacksonville team, that's probably a little better than people thought. A little bit. Um, they're a little better. They won last week, and they almost won this week. They're they're not bad. And again, this is a rematch of the this is a rematch of the AFC Championship game in nineteen ninety nine. Tennessee Titans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is right when they first became the Tennessee Titans. Their first year as the Titans, they go to the Super Bowl and they lose by inches, inches to the hated frickin' Rams. Um, and that was the last time the Rams wore that uniform until very recently, until the Jerk Golf era. Except for some here, uh, off and on, maybe like retro games. They should have kept those. Idiots. Idiots! They should have kept them. Just like the Patriots should have kept those. Idiots. Six Super Bowls isn't enough for you? Why are you changing your uniform when you're, when you're wearing six, when you're winning six bleeping Super Bowls wearing them? You change the uniform? For what? Just like the 49ers getting all cute back in the mid, the mid to late 90s of those dark red ones. What was that? Stick with what you have. You're, you're legendary. Four Super Bowls with Montana and you change the uniforms? For what? Have you seen the Steelers change their uniforms? Have you? Have you seen the Packers change their uniforms? God bless them. Have you seen them change their uniforms? Go ahead and hate the Packers all you want. That's one of the best uniforms in, in the history of sports. And I'm not trying to worship the Packers here. Believe me, I hate them with a passion. But it's one of the best uniforms in the history of sports, and you don't touch it. It's untouchable. The Patriots with six bleeping Super Bowls during that era, you don't touch it. I, I don't care. 
if they didn't wear those uniforms in the 1940s. <laughs> it's a, it's, it was a great era of football for the New England Patriots. Don't change the uniforms. Even though the changes are pretty minor, they're still changes. So, I don't know. It's kind of silly to do. That's just my complaint here. Back to the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, you got a great running game in Derrick Henry. You got Ryan Tannehill, who's... It wasn't just a cute little week. He, he's a good quarterback. He wasn't just a cute little run last year with Tennessee. He's a good quarterback. He got paid. Um, and he deserves to be the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. It's a good mix. It's a good fit. It just is. None of their wide receivers stand out to me. The running back certainly does. And Ryan Tannehill certainly does as well. How can I pick the Vikings and win to win the game with the way they played the past two weeks? Can I actually pick the Vikings to beat the Tennessee bleeping Titans? Oh, God. Oh, and by the way, the Vikings have never won in Indianapolis. That's pretty crazy. 11-0 so far. Indianapolis Colts hosting the Minnesota Vikings. That's bad. So, remember how the New York Jets said it were undefeated versus the Vikings in, in the history in the past. Pretty fascinating when you think about that, actually. <sighs> it's very fascinating. So, Tennessee history, and this does include the Houston Oilers, which I actually saw back in 95. I was at the game with a guy named Noah Grossman high school classmate in 95 when I was a sophomore, 95-96 fall of 95 so that'll be in here somewhere, I'll come to that in a second Minnesota is 9-4 and 9-4-0 all time so we lead this series, so history's on our side this time, where the Colts have historically destroyed us they're like, well yeah, it's like what, 18-7 and now, that's pretty bad, and like a couple of ties if I remember correctly Vikings back in 74 over to Houston Oilers a 51 to 10 win for the Vikings, who went on to lose the Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers that year. Steelers started their dynasty. The, the Heat, no, the Heat, the Miami Dolphins ended their two year dynasty against the Vikings with the win. And the Steelers started their several year dynasty against the Vikings by beating us the next year. Depressing. Freaking depressing. We were like a miniature Buffalo Bills there in the 70s. Back then, oh, we were probably a better version of them, actually. 51-10 to 10 to get to the point. Vikings and Houston Oilers don't play until 1980, and this was in Houston. A 20-16 win over uh, by, the, by the Houston Oilers. I love that name. I love that name. Why couldn't they just call them the Houston Oilers instead of the Texans? I love that name. Minnesota Vikings crushed the Oilers in 83, and that wasn't a very good Viking team. That wasn't the 3-13 and 13 team, but the 83 Vikings weren't that good. You don't really hear about the 83 Vikings. No, the Vikings, uh, yeah, Vikings crushed the Oilers 34-14 in the Metro Jump when it was brand new, so it was actually kind of exciting probably at the time. Oilers then beat the Vikings on the road, so it was kind of a home away, home away, home away. The home team won every bleeping time. Vikings won at home, whoo, 38-7 against Warren Moon. He had to have been there by then, 38-7 against the Houston Oilers. 92, just a couple years later. Oh my, I remember this game very well. Vikings were 7-2 and two and were playing awesome, awesome, awesome football. 7-2 and two Vikings were just playing awesome football at the time. And there was a back and forth. There were some play. There were some calls in that game that just did not go the Vikings' way. Oh man, and this is when the Vikings were, you know, they were so good. 7-2 and two record. I mean, oh my God, we're going to be 8-2 and two and on our way to God knows what. Maybe, maybe we, would have, we would have had a better record than the Cowboys. No, I don't think so. But uh, that was the problem. Dallas and San Francisco were just too far ahead. <sighs> Bummer. But uh, this was a very memorable game. I still remember Warren Moon breaking his shoulder. He was diving down. 
trying to get a first down, and he was hit very hard. It was like a, two trains crashing into each other, or two cars crashing into each other, and Warren Moon actually broke his shoulder on the play. I believe the backup quarterback in that game was Chris Chandler. I know he was the starting quarterback. No, it couldn't have been Chris Chandler. It had to be Cody Carlson, right? Yeah, Cody Carlson. What did he ever account to? Yep, it was Cody Carlson. What did he ever amount to? Remember how Houston was so excited about Cody Carlson that they traded away Warren Moon to Minnesota? Or they let him go as a free agent and he came to the Vikings? Crazy stuff. That's absolutely crazy. Cody Carlson just did nothing after that. It was weird. I was like, yep, Cody Carlson, he's going to be the quarterback. And then you hear about this guy named Chris Chandler. In 95, I was at, in attendance for this game. Yep, I don't say that very often because I like to, you know, I mean, I like to watch them at home. But, I mean, back then it was more, much more exciting to go to a game because I didn't do a podcast. If I'm going to do a podcast, I don't think I'm going to go to games very often. It's just, I don't know. Uh, Chris Carter had some big games in this one. Or, I mean, Chris Carter had a couple of big catches in this one. That was exciting. And I believe Warren Moon, yeah, Warren Moon was the quarterback in this game, as I remember correctly. A couple of interceptions going against his former club. And it was Chris Chandler. I remember very well now. Chris Chandler was the quarterback, was very mediocre. Um, fun fun game to watch. Vikings ended up winning in overtime. That was sweet. We actually left early because we had to get going. Me and Noah just had to get going. And then the Vikings ended up winning the game in OT, 23-17. to I'll keep moving. Vikings and Oilers, Tennessee Oilers in this case, in 1998. I believe a lot of people swear that uh, Vikings, I forget who it was, somebody intentionally injured uh, Eddie George, like twisted his knee in the game. He didn't have like a, it wasn't a serious injury, but he couldn't play anymore in the game. Uh, they believe that he was that he was intentionally injured. That's what the talk was during the, the you know, when there's a scrum after the tackle and all that. And, that uh, there was just a little bit of rough housing down there. I believe this was the final game of the season when the Vikings officially went 15-1. and Yes, it was. I still remember the Star Tribune article that said, Tis the season. Because uh, that was the season, 15-1 and for Minnesota. Uh, little did we know how heartbroken we would be a few weeks later. We'd roll all over those Arizona Cardinals. And start strong against Atlanta, and it just didn't work out against Chris Bleepin Chandler, who the Vikings beat in 95. I would gladly give up that 95 meaningless game against the Houston Oilers versus Atlanta Falcons NFC Championship game, 98, any day of the week. Vikings pounded the Tennessee Titans in 2001. I barely even remember that one. Oh, I kind of do, yeah. That was one of our few good games that year. Did I go to that game? I think I did. I think I did. Oh, I did go to this game. Yeah, I'm blanking. I'm going crazy. So I went to see the Oilers slash Titans twice in my career, in my life. I mean, that is kind of funny. It was Tennessee. It was. And the Vikings just pounded on this team as awful. And I mean awful as the Vikings were in 2001. Mike Tice, I still remember that too. Mike Tice was the offensive line coach. Little did we know, within a few weeks, he would be the head coach of the Vikings. My uncle, the Purple Colonel, David Willard, Willie Willard. Some of you might know him. Some of you listening might know Willie Willard, the Purple Colonel. You might, yeah, you might. Some of you that might be like older generation, maybe you're listening to this show because you know him, and then thus I'm a contact, that type of thing. Because um, I know some of you listened to this show years ago. I don't know if they, they stuck around and still, still were subscribing, but... 
I went to the game with uh, Willie Willard in that day. I was on the field, not literally on the field, but you know what I mean. I was, I was a field pass where you're on the ground. So you, you can't see everything because the players are taller than you. Even if you're six foot like me, the players are taller. Like, I'd still be a midget. I'm Drew Brees, basically. And they're, you know, Corey Stringer. No, he wasn't yeah, alive at that stage. I apologize for that. But, I mean, like a bigger guy, like a Todd Stussy. You know, six foot six type of guy. You're not going to see him. You're not going to see past those guys. And big, not just six foot six, but big. But a 42-24 trouncing of Tennessee was pretty cool. In such a crappy, awful season where a lot of players were playing their last couple games there, like Ed McDaniel and such, because they couldn't play anymore. Ed McDaniel couldn't play anymore. Um, John Randall had gone to Seattle, blah, 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 blah. It was a crappy Viking team. Dennis Green would get fired. Uh, I still remember, though, Mike Tice, David Willard kept talking about, uh, my uncle Dave Willard, David Willard kept talking about he wanted to see Mike Tice as the head coach someday. And I kept thinking, that's far-fetched. That's not going to happen. I mean, why would they just give it to an offensive line coach? The, the offensive line coach. And then I still remember Mike Tice, of all people, walked by and gave us a nod because he knew he knew, he knew Willie Willard. Probably still does. Just gave him a nod. Like, uh-huh. you know, like a tough guy walking down. You know, we're getting into the, you know, right before the game, you know, just gave him a nod. Like, hey. And... A couple weeks later, there it was. Mike Tice took over as coach. Kind of cool. So I thought I'd jump into that. Vikings beat the Titans in 04, 20-3. Pardon me if that was a little long there. Long-winded, I think it kind of was, actually. Um, Lots of history with this club, I guess, with myself, (laughs) for some reason. In 2008, a 30-17 win in September, late September, right around this time. And a 30-6... Nope. Tennessee won that game. Pardon me. That was a really frustrating game. I remember now, 2008, Tennessee won 30-17. to This is backwards. Uh, Vikings beat Tennessee pretty badly in 2012. Fun year for the Vikings around that time, believe it or not. And recently, the Titans got beat by the Vikings in 2016. That was when Sam Bradford was just absolutely spectacular. That was week number two. Oh, Sam Bradford and this Vikings defense looked like the 85 Bears. Well, here we are four years later in September, late September, Vikings and Titans. Get to the point here, I apologize. I can't pick the Vikings to win this game because I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any reason to believe the Vikings defense can stop the run against uh, Mr. Henry. I don't think the Vikings can stop the passing game of Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. I don't see it. I just don't see it. The Vikings are not going to win the game until they prove it to me. I don't care if it's at home, if it's away, if it's at night, if it's in the day. Blah, blah, blah. The Tennessee Titans win the football game, and they're going to score points because everyone else has been scoring. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm trying to be honest. It's going to be like 35 to 24, 20, 25. I think the Vikings' offense will be a little better. It better be. But it's going to be like 35, 24 in favor of the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill will have a, will have a good, solid day. Derrick Henry. I mean, we can't stop the run for crap anymore, and Derrick Henry's the best running back in the league right now. So, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Honest to God. Uh, so, what the, hell, what the hell can you do? As Coach Jerry Burns would say it better than anybody else. I mean, what the hell, what the hell can you do? You know, we're not going to win the game. Vikings lose, as I said, in that case. So, with that, we will come back and return for fan interaction right after this.
we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment, of course. And unfortunately, I thought I was going to get something from Brent Jacobson, but I guess he didn't. Uh, no, like I've said in the past, there is no phone line anymore when you, when it comes to call-ins. I'd love to hear from you, by the way, Brent. Hope you can do this, and anybody else out there is more than welcome to do it. The Dave Hickeys of the world, the Mark Carlson, Gerald String, Malcolm McSween, Cedric Paulding. It'd be amazing to hear from you. Haven't heard from you yet. Uh, many others out there. Gudma. I mean, so many of you guys out there. It'd be great to hear from you. Uh, Sam Gutma would be nice to hear from you um, out of California there. So, I mean, basically all you do, I'm going to say this ahead of time right now, just right now, and I'll say it again at the end, just, you know, on your on any smart device on the planet, it has built-in voice recorders. Just open it up, click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop. I don't even know if you have to save it. You probably don't even have to, but if you do, you do. It's up to you. And then you just, like, share it slash, you know, you share it to my email, basically, or, you know, your, your email application, you share it to the email application and my email address is paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com it is in the show description for copy and paste purposes, that type of thing and you know, I, I'd love to hear from you, whoever you are out there, you know, Brandt, any of you love to hear from you, as long as you're not calling up to call me names or something <laughs> or get political so to speak, because it's just, we don't need that right now, it's too political already out there um, nice start for the New England Patriots, I gotta say Cam Newton, yeah, it's, like, it's the first time I've smiled seeing the Super Cam thing where he does the Superman thing, and he ran that into the end zone. Nice to see it, because I'd like to see the Patriots beat Seattle. I think it'd be pretty cool. No doubt about that. So, let's get on to fan interaction on Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. And, of course, uh, I am now a writer for Gone Puck Wild, if you like hockey. Look that up if you could, if you want to. Gone Puck Wild. Look that up. I'm now a writer. I wrote about a, a interesting goaltender prospect in the Wild system last week. My first official article with uh, the publication. It's really cool. It's uh, fan-sided. It's the uh, the name of the overall website, the overall publication. So let's go. Vin, Vinrock Vince Germano, Tanae Brown, Malcolm McSween, all kind enough to retweet the most recent episode of Pearl Mafia. I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you again for doing that. It means the world to me, and keep, keep it coming if you're able to, but uh, just thanks so much. I, I can't can't tell you how much I appreciate it. So now we'll move forward into Dave Martin here out of Northern Scotland. He says, afternoon, brother. Afternoon, brother. <laughs> yep, but he's another guy I'd like to call in again. Oh, I love when he calls in. Oh, he's, he's, the, he's the best. Uh, good opening drive. Yes, it was. Six minutes off the clock and three points. Kirk not looking good in the pocket. And he didn't the whole game, did he? Those are the early indicators, weren't they, of what was to come. Mad Martin says, Dave Martin, Mad Martin says, it's no surprise this D is a work in progress. The O needs to win games and buy time for this D to learn. Yeah, still no pressure on the quarterback. Can't cover anyone. Terrible offense can't run, and the RO line sucks. Tank for Trevor, total shit. To be honest, I would be happy if they tank. Cousins is not the answer and never was. I agree. I agree. Halfway through the game, Mad Martin says 1.5 games into the season, and I think I'm done for the year. Yeah, he was just like he's had enough. Cousins, 1.8 quarterback rating at the time. Yeah, that's that's just unbelievable. And for me, too, it's Cousins. It's <laughs> Cousins was terrible in the game. I mean, he should get a, he should get a co-ponder award because he was just awful. But for me, 
I think I am going to move it over to Cousins, but yeah, he'll share it with the Holton Hill. Holton Hill got it with a bullet last week. Kirk Cousins was not that bad last week. He wasn't that good either. He's, I, I didn't even talk about the quarterback rating. Kirk Cousins finished with 15.9 because I was so focused on all the other crappy things. 15.9 total in the game for quarterback rating. So yeah, he's Ponder material as well, and I should have said that. So he's going to share the Christian Ponder Memorial now, Matt Martin. Uh, Matt Martin continues saying, what the bleep is going on? They are totally flat. No fire in them whatsoever. And there really wasn't. And the other thing, again, I didn't even, I don't think I even mentioned this. I thought I did, but then it's like I'm realizing I don't think I did. Well, Kirk Cousins was sacked for back-to-back weeks now, and the all-time record is three weeks in a row. We'll see if it happens next week against the Titans. Don't be surprised if Kirk Cousins does get sacked. It's a combination of offensive line and a combination of Kirk Cousins unable to just get rid of the damn ball. Like, make a decision. Get rid of the ball. Just get rid of the ball, damn it. Some, sometimes you got to. Sometimes it's possible. Make a play. If there's no play, you know, try to throw it away if you can. Without intentional grounding, it's possible to do. It's possible. It's, it's got to be. And I know the O-line protection is awful, but on occasion... On occasion, just make up your mind, get rid of the damn ball rather than just standing there and eating it. it it's just garbage. Flat out garbage. Just flat out garbage. Thank you for the retweets for those of you that did. And of course, thank you, Mad Martin, for the interaction. That was spectacular. Going back to the page here. No Viking news this week. Just the, you know, the bad, bad news of the game itself. We'll look into the in-game thread a little bit because some of it's kind of post-game-ish as well. I don't know why that just went away. That made no sense. And I hate most relevant. Just say all, because they're all relevant. <laughs> Makes no sense. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado was saying the Colts are not even that good of a team. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. Yep, and I'll kind of pick a couple of them here and there. Josh Mayer Henry, Colorado, says going to be a rough season. Maybe it will get better when Hunter comes back, but I don't have high hopes. They look like hot garbage out there. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I can't believe we have we have another safety. We gave up another safety. Yes, in week two, we have already given up two safeties. Oh, anger. Yep. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I was commenting about it at the time. I'm like, yikes. Brett McCarthy says, yep, long year ahead of us. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, by the way. No saying, oh, they're just moving the chains every second. Kirk, Kurt back. Kirk. I don't want to say Kirk to Kurt. I don't want to insult him at this moment. Kurt back. Out of White Bear Lakes is very weak defense. <sighs> yep, it really is terrible. Um, Josh Mayer Henry says, I've been a big Zimmerman fan for a long time, but I think he is lost in this new NFL. It's not a ground and pound league anymore. You have to be able to pass and stop the pass, and this team struggles with both right now. And it seems like forever, doesn't it? But I, I suppose their pass defense used to be good, and it was really frustrating seeing. Uh, Stevie Rhodes bat away a pass intended for Thielen today. Wasn't that frustrating to see? And to me, that was Cousins' fault there. Rhodes made his play, yeah, but I mean, Cousins, you know, a little, like, sail the ball up a little bit higher. It's possible. I don't know. Who am I to tell Kirk Cousins how to throw a football, but I don't know. Brett McCarthy says, too many young defensive starters. It will take time for them to gel. Our free agent nose tackle opting out didn't help either. No, it didn't. It didn't help at all. Michael Pierce, it did not help. <laughs> that was really frustrating. Mark Carlson was saying, uh, Mark Carlson says, I was going to say how. There were a few flags in the game thus far, but there goes that. Yeah, because it just kept coming and coming. Uh, but, uh, yep, I know that feeling how it just suddenly snowballed, didn't it? Josh Mayer Henry says, Thielen is not Diggs. 
he is going to win a jump ball versus two defenders. He's not going to win a jump ball versus two defenders. Jefferson would have been the better target on that play. And I know which play you mean there. Mark Carlson says, it's one minute to the half, and the Vikings have only three points. Why, why, why? Brett McCarthy says, to sum this up, younger team, both sides of the ball, it's going to take time. No preseason to see where we are. Time will tell. Play calling is question mark. Don't understand. It's going to be a head-scratching year. And, and it is. I'm not impressed with Jerry Kubiak so far. I'm not seeing the creativity that we thought we were going to see. I'm not. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe Kevin Stefanski really was good. and he, They turned in a pretty good effort yeah, a couple days ago, Thursday night, didn't they? Mm. <laughs> Josh Mary Henry says, with this defense, we might be looking at a winless season unless the offense can score a ton of points. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Isn't that crazy? And Mark Carlson says, oh boy. So, Brad McCarthy says, no prison, don't know, don't know what you got. Yep, there he is. Cedric Paul and boys, it's been a while. Josh Mary Henry also says, might be time to move on from Zim. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, we look sad and unprepared. That's the word, unprepared with everything we're doing. This is just too painful to watch. Sad thing is, Cousins and Zimmer both got extensions. It's very sad, and that's a great, great comment. That's a great comment, Cedric. That was awesome. Uh, Brad McCarthy says, offensive line is terrible. Yep. Leland Albertson says, oh, 17. And be in the Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence lottery. That would be very interesting indeed. Not Taylor, but Trevor Lawrence lottery. <sighs> yep. Josh Ray Henry says, Kirk, uh, Kirk is very inaccurate in the game. Mark is saying the game's out of hand. And, yeah, the refs were way too strict. There's Kurt. He's saying, hey, Joey, hope you're doing great. And I'm doing okay. Hope you're doing great, Kurt. He was so so sick and tired of this mediocre bullshit. Vikings are a joke. Just saying that for a friend. <laughs> Not even a glimmer of hope. Need Yep, yep, and here's another one. Need nine yards, and they hand it off. What the bleep? Yeah, it's extremely frustrating. It's like, I know you don't want to turn the ball over, but you needed nine yards. See, maybe you hand it off if it's like 28 yards. You just, what's the point? Unless you're just going to look to hail Mary it down the field. Which, yes, was one of Kirk Cousins' interceptions, but the other two were, were absolute garbage. And most of the rest of the incomplete passes were also absolute garbage. And he could have had five or six interceptions in the game if the ball wasn't batted away or just lucky that they weren't intercepted. Um, yeah, I'm getting sick of the ultra-conservative style as well. Third and nine, yeah, I mean, come on. Again, like if it was like a Patrick Mahomes, he'd throw at 11 yards. You need nine, he'd throw for 11. That's the whole point. Rather than these little cute little check downs. Okay, it's third and nine. Okay, check down. Two yards. He broke one tackle, and it's a four-yard gain. So, fourth and five. Yay. Fourth and five. That, that's a game-changing moment right there. Not. <laughs> so, there you go. In-game thread there. That was fun. Actually, really well done, guys. That was awesome. Really Really awesome. Better, better than last week. And last week was just fine. But this week was better. I'm just being honest. It was better. It was really good. Uh, yep, in the all comments section, it's a little bit busier this week. That's good. Mark Carlson out of Iwija. Okay, I know. I'm just kidding. Says, after two games, it's not the team I expected to see. <laughs> They're bad. It looks like we are soft all around. Our D is crap. We have some great players, but they seem to be out of position. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Especially in the secondary. It, uh, yeah. I, I just don't understand half of the time. 
Cousins needs to sit in the back of the plane on the way home and not talk to anyone. We got trampled by the Colts. Maybe better put Zim on the on the other seat next to Cousins too because he he can't light a fire in his players. One more thought, Paladino Joey. Given the play the play thus far by the whole team, where will we find our first W this season? Detroit. <laughs> I don't know if that's the first one, but that's probably the most likely win is against Detroit. It's just because they can't beat anybody. They don't know how to win football games for some reason. Shall we look at the schedule? Shall we Shall we, Shall we? we pull the schedule out after that question? Shall we pull it out, Mark? Shall we pull it out? Let's see what happens. I don't think it's next week. I think the Vikings go in three against the, the Tennessee Titans. Week number four, Vikings play the Texans. I don't think that's a win either. It's not just sad. Week number five. Oh, Seahawks, that's not a win. Oh, my God. Okay, we're going to have to do something. Falcons. The Vikings will beat the Falcons. The Vikings will beat the Falcons. They're, they're Detroit South. They're a southeast version of Detroit. The Vikings will beat the Falcons in week number six. So we'll start 0-5, up to 0-5. Maybe we beat Tennessee next week. Maybe everything's going to be okay. But that would be a stretch for me at this moment. The Falcons. will beat the Falcons. Uh, week number seven, we do not play. Well, isn't that just terrible? No, it's okay. Packers, that's not a win. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not. Lions, that is a win. That's two wins in week nine. Yay. <laughs> The Bears in Chicago, loss. God. Ugh. Cowboys versus Vikings, that might be a win, actually, because the Cowboys are funky, but maybe. Panthers versus Vikings should be a win. We'll win two in a row. Jaguars versus Vikings, three wins in a row. Hey, just to, just enough to screw up our uh, just to screw up our, our uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, sweepstakes. Unless we find a way to lose those, we're not going to beat the Bucks. So, yeah, we might be looking at a 5-11 and 11 type of season, something like that, the way we're going. And um, uh, odds of Zim getting fired after this are very slim because of his contract situation. The money is guaranteed. Isn't that crazy? Eric Mostard, South Dakota, says, I'm beginning to think keeping Keenum would have been best for for us after all. I've been thinking that too for a while, but I would have kept Teddy, frankly. Or have yep, Keenum and Teddy duke it out the next year. Why plunk all this money down on a guy who hadn't done anything? You know, he put up some good numbers, but he hadn't done anything. I mean... You know, he made the, it's like, like, oh, we made the playoffs and got beat by Green Bay. Sounds like the Vikings, doesn't it? You know, like a big game and we got beat by Green Bay. It's really frustrating. Yeah, it sounds like the Kirk Cousins era. It doesn't have to necessarily be the Vikings, but the Kirk Cousins era. The 9 Vikings beat the Packers with Aaron Rodgers on the road. You know, the 98 Vikings killed the Packers on the road as well. So there were years that we could do it. Green Bay didn't own us every year. Just with certain quarterbacks were on the team, like Culpepper and Cousins, that put up nice numbers but don't win when they need to. They just don't. Let's continue. Gerald String, out of Nebraska, says, Well, let's see. Where do I even start? Hmm. The highest paid team in the league. You lose your best receiver and all defensive backs and and expect you're, uh, you're going to be better. The O-line is still well below average. Cousins is well overpaid for being... An okay quarterback. Yes, was horrible today, but we'll admit he's been okay since he's been here, but just okay. Certainly not the type of quarterback to give a franchise quarterback type of money. We just expend, uh, extended Zimmer and Spielman. I'm glad that's Ziggy's problem and not mine. <laughs> not only is Minnesota joining in on the disrespecting our country, 
they have a really crappy product they're trying to sell. Getting really hard to continue to support this dysfunctional organization, or should I say, disorganization. <laughs> I understand, and I've been there many times with this team. You know, like the the end of the Denny Green era, 2001. I was like, I'm sick of this team. Every time you think they're going to be something, they come out and lay an egg. And every freaking time. And that was 19 years ago. And I kept coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back. Yeah, I guess it's that if the Boston Red Sox can beat the Yankees when down three games to zero in the ALCS in 2004, anybody can anybody can win a championship, right? <laughs> I don't know. Jesse Ball simply says, sad. Mike Feller's Stu Evans says, we suck. What else is there to say? No offense whatsoever, and the defense is soft with no push. Now we are 0-2. Kerbiak, Kerbiak, Kubiak, that's my fault. Can't make this work. I took my jersey off. I say we tank for draft picks, in particular Trevor Lawrence, because we're not going anywhere. I would love that if that happened. Like, if you're going to be bad, be really bad. Don't be like the Minnesota Wild, where every year you're just, you know, okay. And then you wind up with a mid-round, a mid-first-round pick every single year, or a top, maybe, know, if you're lucky, you'll get, like, the sixth or seventh. Don't be like the Wild. Be be like the <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, I guess, for a year. And see what happens. You can get Joe Burrow. Now, the Bengals have had some down years. But they were, okay, let's not even talk about the Bengals. Let's move on. Jeff Holmgren, I don't want to think about that. There's always next year. <laughs> yep. Josh Meir Henry says garbage. And Kurt Back says worst performance I've seen in a long time. Probably the worst game. Well, I don't know. They're, they're, we've had some really rotten ones, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, the 2000... Did we play the Colts in 2006? Scene? Yeah, 616, when we were still possibly in the ranking. And we just got absolutely destroyed. If we can't... If we, I mean, who can forget that one? What was it, like 34 to 6 or some bull crap? It was just bad. I mean, it was bad. It was, yeah, I think it was 34 to 6. Andrew Luck rolled in and just, you know blew us the bleep out. It was it was really bad. It was bad. With that said, another super long show. Apologize if these are a little too long, but eh, I guess this has become kind of a tradition, about an hour and a half. It'd be better if it was maybe a few minutes shorter, maybe. Hopefully it's not boring people out or boring people, though some of you want it even longer, because you know, it's just once a week. Uh, you could Paul Allen for three hours every day. Think about it. So, every day, five days a week. <laughs> <laughs> not that he's bad or anything, it's just that it's that's long. It's long. It's long. It is. Uh, so, I don't know what to make of this team right now. I don't think they're going to be winning a lot of games this year. I don't think so. And I hate coming on here and saying that, but I'm being honest with you. If that means my numbers are going to drop, I can't worry about something I can't control at the end of the day. <laughs> All I can control is plunking my butt down in front of the microphone and pressing record. That's about it. <laughs> you know, opening up the recording software, especially. I mean, also. And simply pressing record. That's all I can really control at this stage. As long as the laptop works and the microphone works. And I'm going to try my best to be here and give you my honest opinions and my honest beliefs. And hope you consider it knowledge in some ways. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you're more worried about me smacking my lips. But I think I've improved on that on this show. And though I probably did it a few times at the early stages of the show. And I, again, apologize and I apologize again and again and again about that. I never heard back from the guy, which is not a good sign. Usually usually they say something back, and maybe he's just a busy person. 
Tark Davis out of North Carolina. So hopefully, pardon me, I'm almost coughing my head off here. Um, hopefully, <coughs> sorry, hopefully I, uh, it's improving and I'll continue to do that. I understand it's annoying. It was actually annoying me. It just, it just kept happening, Tark. So my apologies. He was saying, again, my goodness, would you please quit smacking your lips so loud every 10 seconds, shaking my head. Would actually like to hear your wisdom, but can't tolerate the smacking. Can't tolerate the smacking. The smacking. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to put in a North Carolina accent. I apologize. He's probably going to kill me if he, if he heard that. Looks like a tough guy, actually. He, he, he does. He doesn't look like somebody would want to cross. You know, <laughs> he doesn't. He looks like a soldier to me. Maybe, maybe not. But yeah, he certainly does. He looks like a soldier. So I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to cross, cross him in in the wrong way. So my apologies, Tark, in case you're still listening. Tark. Yep. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my apologies, though. Sin- sincerely. Um, with that said, I almost smacked my lips again. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? <laughs> Let's get to the contact details again. At Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. I didn't even mention where I was just now. But yeah, the Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show is that. All this will be in the show description. Again, if you want to leave a voicemail, maybe maybe Tark Davis wants to leave a voicemail of some type. Or, you know, a voice... Uh, audio submission is what we call it in the podcasting world. It's not a voicemail. You just use your smart device. Or maybe you have a recording software like Audacity, which is free anywhere. You have a microphone like a podcaster or whatever. Or you just use it for other things. And just click record and talk. Keep it about five minutes. Treat it like a phone call or a <coughs> tiny little show segment, depending on how you're setting this up. And just uh, hit stop, save, email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to uh, zumzar.com if it isn't an mp3 file already. But it takes like a couple seconds, so fret not if you're sending me a file that's not an mp3 file. I'm not going to complain. It's common, because phones just don't create mp3 files. They can play, they compete, uh, they create, pardon me, M4A files, and those get converted into MP3 to go into the editing software. Simple. Takes a couple seconds. As long as Zumzar isn't down for whatever reason, which it was one time. That was like, ugh, but it eventually worked. Or I think I went to a different site called Converto, and that's since, I don't know if I lost it or what happened there, but that was uh, that one worked out nicely as well. With that said, thank you guys for being a part of this show. Again, apologize if because I'm sure Tark's not the only person that was irritated with the lip smacking. I remember hearing that in the past from somebody named, uh, I believe her name was Sarah years ago. So they said it's very distracting. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry, and I'm going to do my best. I mean, for somebody that's been podcasting for 12 freaking years, you'd think I'd know better. And, <laughs> hey, we all, have our, we all have our weaknesses. We all have our mistakes. And I admit mine. I apologize. I apologize. Please stick with the show. Please write a positive rating on iTunes if you could. And it would be greatly appreciated because it's been a while. Uh, nice positive rating. Five stars. Uh, hopefully four stars. If you don't think it's five, but it's four, then go ahead and put the four. It's better than, it's better than three. <laughs> Anything below that I think is a little harsh, especially one, which is ridiculous. There's no way this is a one-star show. Uh, with that said, though, just again, thanks again for your loyalty to the show. Thanks again for sticking with it, even when the Vikings suck. Uh, which, unfortunately, they did the last two weeks, just being honest. Hopefully, there's some kind of positivity coming. If it's, <laughs> and if it's, uh, 
And if it's uh, Trevor Lawrence, so be it. If it's Trevor Lawrence, that'd be great. If if not, well, <laughs> somehow, someway, someday, the Minnesota Vikings will get the right quarterback, and finally it'll be our year. And I wish that was right now. I really do. Until next week, take care. It's Vikings. Let's uh, come out of this nonsense.